You're listening to the New Body Plan podcast, giving you the tools you need to build the body you want. I'm your host, John Lipsy, and I'm joined as ever by my New Body Plan co-founder, Joe Warner. Hello. Together, we're going to give you everything you need to take control of your health and fitness and transform your body for life. In this episode, we're going to talk about the new transformation challenge that I am halfway through right now. In the previous episode, uh, we took a broad view. I introduced what I was doing. It was the first time we talked about it, Joe, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So where do you want to start, John? I think probably just giving an update to people is probably the best place to start. Where are you? How's it going? Yeah, so I'll give you an update and then we're going to talk about the nutrition side of stuff in detail uh, for the rest of this podcast. So I'm in the second half. I made it into ah. the second half. Um, and so far, so good. I think, you know, when we were talking about it last time, it was a few days ago, um, everything everything was on track. And I'm happy to say that that's still the case. Um, and what I want to do today is just go into a little bit more detail about the nutrition approach that I'm taking because for this transformation challenge, both the workouts and the approach to nutrition are new. And what I'm trying to do, I guess, if I was to sum it up as neatly as possible on the food side of stuff, what I'm trying to do is look for a way to be as flexible as possible and still get an amazing result. So I quite literally want to have my cake and eat it. <laughs> I do you know what that that was off the cuff, by the way. <laughs> well, it, uh, hey, if it if it's true, and I'm looking forward to hearing more about uh, how you're doing it and how you're getting on, then that sounds like a win-win, right, John? Because we speak to a lot of people and have spoken to a lot of people over the years um, who have tried to to lose weight, and I think one of the most common things where a lot of people come unstuck is on the nutrition side because there's not as much knowledge there as perhaps there should be it's still an area where there's a lot of uncertainty a lot of myths a lot of confusion about how to eat and a lot of people I think come unstuck because they try and maybe be a little bit too drastic and and give up a lot of foods and then that makes it very very unsustainable because what you tend to do certainly for me anyway if I stop having something or tell myself I can't have it all that does is plant that seed in my mind that I really, really want it. And then it's very easy to, to overthink about it and then ultimately binge on something. That's right. And although I'm using new recipes uh, created for this challenge and this transformation and new meal plans, it's all underpinned by the methods that we have always used with New Body Plan. But it just progresses things a step based on everything that we've learned from working with thousands of guys in the real world and what I've learned uh, by kind of experimenting with myself. Um, And what it does is builds on the idea that you take a flexible, sustainable approach to the way you eat. So as you've just alluded to, perfection, aiming for perfection is really (laughs) not very enjoyable and also probably not possible, right? Yeah, you're almost setting yourself up for failure, right? Everyone starts with good intentions. I think that's why it's it's quite frustrating. If you you know you do have a lot of determination to start, but you go about the wrong way, thinking, right, I'm not going to eat whatever it is, crisps, sweets, chocolate booze. I'm going to cut it all out for the length of this plan. You can start with good intentions, but it wears you down. Cutting something out, as I said, makes you think about it more. Um, and I think the one thing 
of all, probably number one, actually, John, of, of the nice comments we get about New Body Plan. It's almost to a to a person how pleasantly surprised people are by the nutrition side of it, because it is, as you say, underpinned by that flexible approach. Nothing is is off the menu. And I think that's probably the most common and, and positive bit of feedback we get, isn't it? That just how enjoyable the eating is. So I'm really looking forward to finding out a little bit more about how you've taken it to the next level. Yeah. And so the system is about what's the biggest result you can get from a nutrition point of view with the least amount of effort. Mm-hmm. I try and get people lean without them noticing, basically. <laughs> so I give them a food system that means they don't, they certainly don't feel like on, they're on a diet and they don't feel like they're being restricted and yet they're getting results. Now, if you think about it this way, I'm on a six week plan. And let's just say you're, you're, you're eating a couple of thousand calories a day because it's easy to calculate uh, for the purpose of this example. That's 14,000 calories a week. Um, and I think that's about 84,000 calories in six weeks. Wow, okay. I need to get a calculator out, but it's a lot of calories over six weeks. Now, do you think that perfection is required to have a great result? when you're playing with 84,000 calories over six weeks, if you slotted a donut into that 84,000 calories, you'd fall short of perfection. But do you think that's going to meaningfully impact your overall result? Mm. And so I think that's the first thing I'd I'd sort of say to somebody, because I think people do get very, very hung up on things that they must not eat or things that they must eat. And that's just not the way nutrition works. I can understand why people want to latch on to absolutes and certainties because sometimes it makes life easier. But actually, you're kidding yourself because you're not making life easier. Because if you say to yourself, right, I cannot have anything, I can't have anything I actually want to have, you're going to be miserable. And when you're in that mindset, that's not uh, the best mindset to be in uh, to get the kind of result that you want. It's really interesting when you expand it that way, John, and and then you do look at the total number of, of calories that someone's going to consume over that time period and you, you know it's a really nice way of making you realize that a little bit of a treat there something you really fancy in the grand scheme of things isn't that big a deal right it's about doing a, a consistent approach of eating well most of the time but having that flexibility to to slot in some of your favorite meals because eating it's a hugely social important thing isn't it you know our days are based around meal times we want to enjoy that and it to contribute to a good successful day not it to be a source of stress a source of worry eating shouldn't be those things so i guess let's let's dive in before we get into actually how how you're doing it can you give us like the highlights some of the things you've eaten maybe over the last few weeks that people won't expect you to have eaten but you've been able to enjoy with your plan give us some of the highlights yeah certainly so i'm in week four of this six-week plan and if you <laughs> if you ask people what they expect me to eat basically chicken broccoli and rice on repeat right well it hasn't exactly been like that i'll just give you a few examples of some stuff i wrote down of things that i can remember that i've had since i started the plan um i've had a takeaway curry and a beer um i went for a, a kind of something grilled for the curry so I did kind of opt for a, you know, a reasonably healthy option. It was delicious. It's the kind of stuff I, I would enjoy eating anyway. Uh-huh. Uh, wash that down with a beer. And then, do you know what I've done with this one? I've just sort of taken the social events as they come. I haven't ducked out of my social life. I haven't put that on hold. I haven't put anything on hold. So, for example, 
some very close friends of ours had a baby. They invited us around. First time we saw uh, the little fella and they popped open um, a bottle of champagne. And I obviously could have said, I don't you know if I didn't drink then I wouldn't have it, whatever. But I do drink. So I said, yeah, that'd be great. That, that, that's, you know, that was really fun. It was nice, you know, raise a glass, enjoyed that. Um, not long after that, it was my son's birthday. So I had a rather delicious uh, Lola's cupcake. Um, they're a little bit too, too delicious, if I'm honest. Um, it was quite hard to resist uh, not going back in for another one. But, um, you know, I'm not going to sit there with my son and not enjoy his birthday with him. Um, and then actually just not long after that, it's then my my mum's birthday and I took her out for dinner. I had a G&T um, and a glass of red wine with with my meal in a restaurant. Now, again, I I had a single G&T uh, and a slimline tonic um, on that occasion just because that made sense, right? Half, you know, halves the number of calories in that drink versus a double um, with a normal tonic. So, I mean, I didn't notice the difference. It basically tastes pretty much the same to me. Um, we got invited uh, to a neighbour's um, on Sunday afternoon and they you know, had some cake on the table. They go, would you like a slice? And I... Again, I could have sat there and go, oh, actually, no, I'm all right, whatever. But I, I, I fancied it, so I had it. And then, by the way, I, this doesn't go on too much longer. Um, and then I got a rare uh, chance to go out with uh, my other half for a, a meal at a restaurant. Um, so, again, I had another more G&T, more red wine, lovely steak. Um, I didn't have dessert because I'm not, you know, look, you've got, you know, you got to sort of draw the light somewhere, right? But... That hopefully gives people, and I haven't finished yet, you know, this plan's not over, so there'll be there'll be more stuff uh, by the end of it. And hopefully that just gives people an idea of, because as I say, I'm making great progress. I'm really happy with what's happening so far. And I think that just goes to illustrate that you certainly do not need what you perceive as nutritional perfection to make great progress. And perhaps uh, now's the time to delve into that a little bit deeper. Do you know what, John? That's really just you highlighting some of those those occasions. You know, you mentioned a couple of birthdays, your son and your mum, and you know, going out, other little things cropping up that you you took advantage of and had a great time. And it, it just made me think about almost the number one reason people say to me why they're not starting a, a plan or not starting a fat loss journey. And they'll say something along the lines of, "Now's not the right time because I've got you know, it's my birthday in a couple of weeks, or it's my missus's." birthday next month or we've got our anniversary so what they're doing is kind of in their head they're thinking well that's going to be a night out and I'm going to have a few drinks then so actually I can't start a six-week plan now because there's at least two nights coming up in the next six weeks where I'm going to be out and what they do then is postpone the start of something to this you know fictional mythical perfect time where they're going to have six weeks of no social commitments no occasions which won't exist right there's always something cropping up this is life but what you've just highlighted to them is actually get started do you know do some of the workouts start to eat a little bit better when these nights these celebrations these occasions come along take advantage of them because you can and then just get back onto it the next day right you don't have to wait for some some perfect six-week block of time where you've got nothing else going on to to start something like this yeah and i'm going to a wedding this weekend right so again i'm gonna have i'm gonna have a drink uh not loads uh i will have a drink um and i'm not in control of the food i don't know what they're don't know what they're serving but wherever it is it'll be great i'm sure it'll be delicious and i'll probably adjust what i eat around that 
Um, if I was entering Mr. Olympia, then I might turn up with my Tupperware and my food prepared. But I'm not entering Mr. Olympia, not this year anyway. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's just another example of like what if I was on a plan that was super strict, then what am I going to do with that day? other than get a bit like agitated and <laughs> try like to know what I honestly don't really know what you do. Yeah it, it also reminds me of a conversation I had recently with um, one of the clients I work with one to one John and I got a message from him his company had won an award that was completely out of the blue weren't wasn't anticipating it at all kind of well, what should I do you know I want to take the team out absolutely go for it take them out have you no know, have some bubbly celebrate it it's a big occasion don't kind of hold back and kind of regret that. You've got to celebrate the wins in life, right? You've got to celebrate when the opportunity presents itself. It's very different to going out and celebrating as a team, something like that, than just sitting at home and necking a couple of bottles of wine, right? It's all about the occasion, why you're doing something, the social aspect of it, you know, doing something for the right reasons. We're doing this because we've worked hard and we're kicking back, not just kind of having a drink for the sake of having a drink because it's five o'clock on a Friday. And it's all these ways of thinking. Again, I guess what I'm trying to trying to suggest is moving away from that perfection it's got to be you know all or nothing it's doing things for the right reasons having a takeaway and a curry because you know you really fancy one you've had a great week all these things it's about you know it's about you know having the portion control selecting the right things but enjoying the moment when it arises and celebrating it doesn't have to be that complete strict approach yeah now i also think it's worth saying because i don't want to mislead people um they're probably familiar with the phrase that you can't out train a bad diet uh-huh. Now, that is broadly true, because if you eat rubbish all the time, it doesn't really matter how much training you do. Um, you're not giving, well, you're not giving the body the fuel it needs, but then you're just giving it excess fuel that it doesn't need. So you're, there is not a way that I've discovered anyway. You can go out, have six pints, go and have a kebab and chips have a rubbish night's sleep, get up, have a massive fry up, yeah. get back on it the next day. That's not, that's just not going to happen. Uh, don't worry, I will, when I discover how to do it uh, <laughs> like that, I, you guys will be the first to know, but that's, that's not going to happen. But what you can do is out train a kind of uh, a decent diet or a, a flexible diet, yeah. uh, like the one I've just described. You can, in inverted commas, out train the stuff that I've, already had and I've eaten over the last few weeks right um, and what you do is if you want to do that what I'll probably do is look at my intake maybe kind of across a week then look at this six weeks that's that's almost like too much to comprehend at, at one time yeah. and if I've done if I've come in about where I need to be across that week then I know I can make progress and then you can even kind of dial it back uh, to look at your intake across a day. Um, and there are some things I've done to be a little bit more strategic that might just increase your chances of burning body fat. So, for example, with this particular plan, we've gone quite high protein, high fat, low carb for breakfast generally, mm. uh, because both anecdotally um, and also a bit of there's a bit of um, research to suggest that that can have a positive outcome uh, on your fat loss efforts. Um, the reason it it works well for a lot of people is, um, and I and I and I get that high fat and high protein usually by eating some eggs, for example, 
Uh, you can have an omelette, scramble your eggs, whatever you want to do. And I'd accompany that with some vegetables. So you're getting protein and fiber, which really make you feel very full for not that many calories. We're not talking about like time out. You're still getting a decent breakfast, uh, but it's not the kind of breakfast that's going to spike your blood sugar levels so that an hour or two after you've eaten it, you feel really hungry. Because I think a lot of people listening to this will maybe eat breakfast. It might be kind of like cereals uh, or it might be kind of toast or something on the toast. And you eat that and you think you're full. And then 90 minutes later, you're starving again. So if you then have breakfast and a substantial, <laughs> then you almost have to have a second breakfast after that. Yeah. And you're going to be consuming far more calories than if you say have like nice kind of omelet uh with maybe some onions and peppers whatever some tomatoes um on the side you're gonna you're already ahead of the game when you yeah. start a day like that but you're also feeling good um and then you build in a bit of extra leeway maybe for later in the day or for whenever you need it that's a really good point john i think you know people do when they have a very carb rich breakfast as you say you get to mid-morning you're really hungry again you then tend to have something else high in carbs that's how it's very easy to get into that kind of yo-yo cycle isn't it of a lot of sugar then having that sugar crash and feeling low of energy then wanting something else and i think that's how people can typically over it you might feel like you're only having you know, a croissant here or a bagel here or a packet of crisps here but actually you're eating so often because of those fluctuating blood sugar levels that you're actually taking on a ton of calories where really smart ways you've identified start start your day with a solid breakfast high in protein some decent fats and veg uh, and i'd be really surprised if you're hungry before lunchtime and like you say you're already one step ahead yeah and you know i am keeping an eye on my calories i'm not obsessing over them um but you need to know roughly where you are so i'm keeping an eye on my calories now i've also got kind of broad macronutrient targets when i say that i mean my protein carb and fat intake so for example i'm going to eat approximately at least 1.5 grams of protein per kilo of body weight a day uh just because that's the kind of ballpark you need to be in if you want to improve your body composition you don't really need to uh, overcomplicate it and obviously if you if you end up doing the plan that i'm doing now you don't even have to worry about anything because I've done all the thinking for you and I've set out the, the kind of food that you can eat. Um, so I am still tracking some some stuff, but I'm also not necessarily eating exactly the same every day. So it could be that Friday and Saturday or the weekend or towards the end of the week, um, I'm probably taking in um, slightly more calories than I am, say, Monday to Thursday. Uh, but if you even it out, through the week or even out through the, the six weeks, you kind of end up where you would have been had you been a bit more one paced with the nutrition, but you actually feel like you're getting more of the stuff that you think you wouldn't be able to eat when you're doing something like this. It's another really good point. I think, you know, we mentioned the top of this, John, didn't we? People who go very, very strict or, you know, even people who go very, very low calorie, say Monday to Friday. But then by the time the week here comes round, you're so missing all those foods that you've, you've deprived yourself. You eat so much of it. That actually, over the course of a week, your calorie intake is probably higher than it would have been had you followed a more consistent approach every single day. So it's got its advantages, hasn't it, of, of being aware of what you're eating, tracking it to an extent, but not obsessing about it. And then over time, I'm sure you're already at the point already you kind of you've got a good idea a good ballpark figure how many calories how much proteins in a couple of eggs for instance and you just feel it's much more manageable yeah exactly and i i really just don't notice i don't feel like i'm on a diet basically and that's what that's kind of like the mindset i wanted to be in um i'll 
give you a couple of extra little tips of stuff that I've done um, that have helped me. The first is that I've probably um, deliberately increased my non-exercise activity. Okay. Because that's a great opportunity to use up some extra energy without feeling like you're doing anything. And, and all I mean is just walking a bit more. Um, and so if there's a short journey where instead of taking the car, I could walk, I will do that. Um, or if I've got the opportunity to make a phone call, I will walk and talk rather than sitting at my desk. So right. if I'm speaking to you pretty much every time I ever phone you, I'm going to be on the move and I'm going to be walking. And if we speak for half an hour and I'm kind of walking at a decent pace for half an hour, again, I'm probably like, that's, that's that G&T accounted for. Do you know what I mean? It's like it just, whereas if I'm just sitting at my desk, um, then I'm not using as much energy. Now, everyone listening to this will have different opportunities to do stuff like that. But it's just an example of, of a little thing that you can do that you don't really notice, you know. I, if I if I, I don't notice, I don't, I don't feel shattered in the air, I go, God, I, you know, I walked for half an hour whilst talking, talking to Joe. God, I really feel that, you know, you don't notice it. Uh, so I was just going to jump in. That's probably even more important with a lot of people still working from home, right? Compared to pre-COVID times, I've certainly noticed this before. I've talked about it on the pod before, where I would regularly, when I was um, commuting to the office, do 20, 25,000 steps a day. Working from home, I might do, you know, 2,500. And it doesn't say, you know, oh, it's just walking. People, oh, it doesn't really make a difference. It makes an enormous difference. Those number of calories I burn might be the course of a thousand calories fewer burnt a day when I'm when I'm at home and not out and about. So a, a fantastic tip if you know if you've got a journey, you can walk it. If you can make a phone call, walk it. Because it, it sounds so simple, but like most effective tips, John, simplicity is key, right? And those those calories burn will add up. Yeah, and the workouts are gonna they're they're the kind of the big rocks, right? Yeah. But there's this other stuff that can have, you know, 10, 20% extra impact. And that can be the difference um, in terms of making progress at the rate you want or not. Um, one thing I would definitely advise against is weighing yourself more than once a week if you're doing something like this when you're eating um, different foods on different days. So, for example, when you drink booze, your body's more likely to store water. If you weigh yourself the night after you have a couple of drinks, you might be a kilo heavier than the, the day before. And that's really demoralizing if yeah. you're trying to say you're trying to lose some body fat. So you definitely don't want to do that maximum uh, once a week, but also be aware that what you've eaten around that weigh-in is going to have an effect. Um, and that's not necessarily body fat. That could be what's in your digestive system and also how much water you're carrying. Absolutely. You're going to your weight can vary enormously over the course of the day. You know, for instance, I jumped on the scales this morning and then again after I did a cardio session and I dropped half a kilo. And if you know, I, I know that that's a lot of water weight. So I'll have a pint of water and I put a lot of that weight back on again. But if you're weighing yourself too often, it's so easy to feel falsely good about a result. Oh, wow, I'm down. Well, that might just be because you've not eaten anything for, for 12 hours or get really disheartened. Oh, my God, I've put on a kilo or whatever. Well, like you said, it might just be after a meal and that food's still going through your system. So really important to do it once a week. I'd always I'd add to this, John, as well. Do it on the same day, the same time of day as well. So, for instance, I'll do it on a Sunday, Sunday morning, about nine o'clock in the morning and, and do it there and then, not any other time, because it's just going to muddy the water. Um, and it, you know, also worth throwing in some some progress pictures. I don't know whether you're going to talk about that as well, but 
the, making sure those progress pictures are taken at the same time. You know, ideally, why not when you've done your when you've done your weigh-in as well, just once a week, because that's going to give you a really good visual indicator that your your belly's coming in, or maybe you're putting on some muscle on your shoulders. You know, the weight in isolation is useful, but those progress pictures are so important ultimately because it's you know it's how we look, it's how we feel. That's important, isn't it? It is, um, and also the the tracking kind of keeps you accountable. Uh, if you go in the right direction, it does keep you motivated just as long as you're doing it in the right way. And as we say, kind of maybe once a week, it's probably optimal when you're on a six week plan. As you go beyond that, you probably don't need to do it as frequently, maybe every couple of weeks, maybe even every month. But if you're on a real push, uh, as I am at the moment, then then once a week works well. And the final thing I was just going to say is that if I have something that I don't really like the word treat because it's all you know it's, it, it sort of suggests that there's something different about the food when the whole point of this is that we're just kind of being as flexible um as possible when it comes to what we eat but if i have something that you think like if i have a drink or a slice of cake and i'm on this plan i'm going to really enjoy it i'm not going to feel bad i'm not going to think oh no that's going to slow me down i'm going to think wasn't that delicious wasn't that great and when i'm yeah, out with um, rather half and have a drink with her and I raise a glass. That's great. I'm having fun and I want to enjoy that moment as much as possible. And then when I get into the gym the next day, I'm going to hit that training session as hard as possible. And I'm just going to go into all of this with as much kind of energy and enthusiasm. I'm going to enjoy the process. I'm going to enjoy the rest of this. And I know that if I keep that mindset, if I keep that approach, then I am going to get the result that I want. Absolutely. It's a really, really good tip. And you know, the one thing I'd just add to that, if someone's listened to this and you've never done a, a challenge before, a fat loss plan, and you know, the last episode we talked a little about about the training, today we've talked about the nutrition. And it, I understand that some people, you know, it feels like quite a lot to take on board. You've got to think about the training. You've got to think about the nutrition. In reality, it doesn't work like that, does it, John? It all feeds into one another. So, for, for instance, by starting doing a, a workout, finishing a training session, it makes the rest of the day's nutrition so much easier because you very rarely finish a workout and, and crave a Domino's pizza or crave a KFC. You feel good and, and your body almost kind of primes you for wanting something a little bit healthier. So it requires far less discipline or, or willpower to kind of maybe avoid the foods you know you should be eating less often. And it makes it a lot easier to eat those foods you should be eating. So the lean protein, the vegetables, the other things we've discussed. And then that feeds into a better night's sleep and then you feel better, more rested. That leads to a better training session the next day and so on and so on. I think you're getting my point that it, this is not all lots of little isolated areas that require a lot of work. It all fits in and it all begins with exercise. You get that session done and everything else that you're kind of maybe worried about or struggled with in the past, it just becomes that much easier. And that's all we're looking for, isn't it? Just making making little tweaks, making things a little bit easier so you can adopt them and then do them consistently, consistently because after all, that consistent approach is what's going to get you leaner. Absolutely. So that's the detail about how I'm approaching the nutrition side of stuff with this new transformation. I hope you found that useful. Um, I am live. I'm doing it right now. And we've never done this before. I've never... <laughs> never kind of talked about a live transformation as I'm going through it. So as I discover more, as I go through the process, I will share more. Um, we're going to record again um, to look at another um, aspect of this whole transformation process to give you as much information, to give you as much kind of real time um, in the moment 
uh, feedback as you possibly can. So we hope you found that useful. Uh, please do check out in the meantime, check out newbodyplan.com for loads of great free training, nutrition and lifestyle advice. Um, you can also contact us anytime. You can contact me direct, john at newbodyplan.co.uk if you've got a question about what I've been talking about or anything else. We're always here to help. We'll be back soon with more great information and we'll see you next time. Thank you.